1: Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey, everyone. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of
2: the best podcasts on NFL football in the U.K., Hey, Rush Nation! What's going on? This is Brendan with the IDP Pod. Yeah, change of tap this week. Um, we've uh, we've let the the wingman, the co-host, uh, do the intro this week. So, uh, but don't worry, Nathan is very much in the building. And um, so let's bring him in. And uh, I believe, well, we have both had a week off, but uh, I think yours was a little bit more uh, interesting and eventful than mine. So, uh, welcome back to the pod, mate. And how was your week? Yeah, well, I'm still I'm
0: still slightly rocking.
2: Um I
0: for those who don't know, I've been away on a on a cruise, probably the weirdest cruise I'll ever go on. And um, um just around the UK. Uh we didn't really get off the ship due to um restrictions that we that we face at this moment in time, which was all very, very weird. And we went to um a mixture of places, including kirkwall which is up by the uh, Shetland Islands, and then we went round to Liverpool <laughs> and then to Glasgow and then safest
2: way to view Liverpool as an Evertonian from a it, distance. It was, it was
0: surreal. <laughs> we could have done, you know, the, we could have done the tour around Liverpool, but it was like sixty quid per person, and we were like thinking, "Hang on a minute, there's five of us." So, you know, if me and Faye want to do that, we'll we'll pay for our own weekend, and we'll we'll make it a bit more interesting. If you know what I mean, it was just all yeah. a bit,
2: just a bit weird. But, it is when I mean, especially when. You know, I was sat there at the weekend watching, obviously, you know, we're not going to focus on it for obvious reason. but, you know, the Premier League's kicked off again and uh, you know, I was sitting there watching Old Trafford, 90,000 fans jumping up and down, hugging and kissing, you like, and you guys pay good money and can't get, can't get off the boat.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's absolutely, it's surreal. And I mean, um, yeah, I mean, went to Belfast as well. I was, that was that was nice. Just seeing, it's nice to see some places that you're never, you're probably never going to see even yeah. though they're close to home, it's, which is this
2: you say you've been there, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, just just surreal, but it was nice, it's still nice breakaway and you know you to use the ship and use all the um all the things they got to offer, and it was just good to, to 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 you know to do that. I um I've managed to get back and catch up on some all the preseason games, which have been yeah, right, old mixed bag, typical preseason, really. You know, you see, you see,
2: uh, I hope so, from the Vikings point of view.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do, 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 why did they, do these teams not talk to each other about you know what they're putting out? Because that
2: First string against first starters. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, you know, there was a bit of that in our game against Chicago. To be fair,
0: yeah. When you've got like a completely starting O line and they just absolutely destroy, it's just a bit pointless for me. It was Denver side where that was that was a decent team there. Like on, on a on a on a few what was it first second quarter. I was I was really quite quite impressed with what they what they put out but yeah you know the Minnesota it was just such such a second string sort of like well even third string and I know we've got a few injuries but yeah it's it, it to me it just seemed a bit of a, you know a waste and I know it's to do with cutting cutting the squads down and all that but it's um yeah, it's a little bit demoralising for some of those players.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's it's the usual thing. I mean, I I had sort of obviously one eye on the you know the Dolphins Bears game at the weekend, and yeah. and then you you read all the, uh, the the fluff afterwards on some of the forums and
0: Twitter.
2: two uh, oh, uh, uh, Tua threw a pick, and Tua did this wrong. And I, I having watched the highlights. You know that drive downfield. He looked good. He looked settled. He looked yeah. comfortable. He's obviously got to grips with the playbook. We had, you know, there's no obviously no Will Fuller, no Devante Parker. Um, Jusiky played for a bit, but again, it's that's not the, you know, oh the O line's not. Well, it's not the starting O line. Oh, you know, two was looking at. He's, he's missing some of his key. Re- yeah, I I totally agree. And it's I've never put much stock in. Yeah, once we get to week three, then you'll start to see, you know, a, a bit more.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's kind of rookie time as well, though, isn't it? That's the nice mm. bit. I do, like, I do like to see you know the rookies get a bit of a run out, and it, you actually get to see them um, in their new uni- uniform doing what we hope that they're gonna they're gonna eventually do. I mean, there was a few ones so as Andre Stevenson looks good at the Pats and mm. you know, and there's quite a quite a few quite a few of the rookies, especially QBs as well. I thought Justin
2: Fields, oh definitely, yeah. I mean, Fields look good. Trevor Lawrence looks as he's been. You know, there for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, even Trey Lance. Um, yeah, took a couple of big hits in the game, but <laughs> didn't yeah. have to do something something to stop that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's like you say, it's just just nice to see some football again. That really yeah. so
0: defensively very interesting because a lot of the defenses were fully like were fully loaded for quite a bit of the time. To be fair, just just positional side of things was was quite interesting to watch, especially I-, I watched Dallas was very interesting. As we know, that linebacker spot was is it- quite interesting. And Mika Parsons definitely looks like a bit of a baller to me. And he seems to be given the um, the reins a little bit there. But interestingly, Leighton Van Der Esch, prevalent. Couldn't remember who had the green dot. I might have even been Keanu Neal. But again, all the predictions around what people have been saying about Dallas and including us... Um, <laughs> that didn't quite add up to what, you know, I'm expecting. And there's been a few different, there's noises about Colt Holcomb as well. Seems to be the, he does seem to be the lead linebacker in Washington. That, that again has gone against a lot of the stuff that was, but again, you can't take it all, you know, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt really. (laughs) However, it's difficult to do that when, you know, especially when we've had a 2020 season that is bit. Marred with COVID and all that side of things, and people opt tonight So when you put these teams back together, it's really interesting to see who's on the field. And I reckon a lot of us are all going to be, you know, wrong. We've got to, we've got to guess and go with what we what we think. But I tell mm. you what, this is going to be this this is already proving to be um, difficult. And I think we're going to get a lot of it wrong. I think there'll be a lot of starters. Involved um, starters that we didn't expect them to be starters, and, and that side of things. And um,
2: I mean, just just on on it being a different season. Yeah. Um, like you say, I mean, twenty twenty was a weird one. I mean, it was a weird year. But um, and just going back to the, you know, what I commented on the you know the English Premier League starting at the, the weekend. And just the difference the fans have made, and you've seen it already, you know, performances, home teams stepping up and, um, you know, a little Brentford just getting promoted, beating Arsenal and beating them comfortably with that sort of home crowd behind them. I mean, I, I mean, what's your thought on, obviously, you know, getting fans back in the, the stadiums and, and the difference that's going to make to... You know, just really? to to those home teams, especially those really loud stadiums, where you know yeah. the defense can't, hit, you know, they can't hear the play call, and um, you know, surely it's got to be a factor. And it'd be, and it'd be so nice to see it again, obviously.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And there's been a lot of people that are, you know speak a lot of sense I mean, about talking about ignoring the 2020 stats to a degree. Um, however, you can't you can't just ignore them. You
2: know, no, the, the cream will always rise to the top. So you, yeah, you know,
0: and also happens. also you got you know. You just can't because that's a whole year. And in the NFL, you know, some of the shelf life of these kind of players at their premium might only be two to three years or three to four years or all of that. So if you're going to just take a year out of that, then you're really shooting in the dark, you know. And also, especially with the 2019 class, I mean, we've still got a lot of older players that were at the top. So then you're going to be bringing in age that were you'd have probably see their ADP drop in 2020, which we may not have done, or they opted out, so they weren't even, wasn't even relevant. You know, it, it's, it's quite, it's going to be a complete change from, from last year. We know it is with the play calling, you know, we know that they could, uh, the talks of the fact that they could hear the play calls going on and, you know, that um, they won't do that, especially like, you know, like stadiums like the Seahawks and, um, you know, the saints you know the, these places where they just rely on this on this sort of like um this extra man being the crowd noise and it's great i, I mean it's part of part of well, you kind of love to see it especially when you can go you go there and you beat them you know what a what a win it is because you, you're beating the crowd as well and you get that kind of thing and it is a loss to the game when they go however you know when they lose that advantage it does put it into a bit of a level playing field and it'd be interesting you know and I'm talking stats wise as well because it was a level playing field for everybody last year and it it isn't a level playing field in a normal in a normal season it just isn't you know some teams play different ways and and have have a have a knack of some excellent schemes and an excellent calling and all this kind of stuff where they can they really mix it up those teams suffered a little bit last year No, I'm going to talk about the Patriots this year. Um, We're going to talk about the Patriots in a minute. And they're somebody, they're they're a team that really mix it up, you know, and they, you know, I know they had a lot of opt-outs and a lot of problems. One minute they were, they were, they were were going to be in, and then they were not, they were going to be opting out. Then it was um, some of the rookies come in and it was a bit of a mess for 2020 for the Pats, but, but but also scheme-wise, you, you know, you're feels-
2: expecting me to be sympathetic. It ain't going to happen. So um. <laughs> no,
0: exactly. But but you know what? I'm, what I'm getting at is the fact that it's never a level level playing field in the NFL. No, and that, that's what makes it out.
2: interesting. Though it's you know, yeah. like you say, those those teams that go on the road and step up in, you know, like you say, especially in some of those domes, like you know, it's yeah. Um, yeah, and that's 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 what we watch the game for a lot of the time. Yeah, it's and
0: that's um, what makes you know, and and. To a Pats fan, that's what makes the Pats great because of Bill and because of the you know the his team and the way that they they set up and they they scheme in themselves and they know how to adapt to various different changes. The opposition do. And like 2020 for them would have been a bloody nightmare. And they'd have looked at it and they like the Seahawks, it would have been a nightmare, you know, that noise where you cannot even you can't hear your quarterback talk. You cannot hear his calls. You know they mm. rely. They rely on that <laughs> in a way. They' it's harsh to say that they rely on, but you know you know what I mean.
2: That that, yeah, that it's, is one of the that's one it's of the, an extra, It's an extra man for them, isn't it? So it's absolutely The you know, twelfth man football analogy. So absolutely, and that's what you know.
0: Yeah, I, mean,
2: I, I think I think the you know, the Pat's dropping off a bit of a cliff last year. Much as I enjoyed it. I'm not going to rag. I'll try not to rag on them too much. I'm not promising anything. But, yeah. you know, to be fair, what made it such a stark contrast was, you know, their 2019 defense was, you know, it was solid. It yeah, was, absolutely. You know, it was bordering on outstanding. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so to go from that to the, you know, where they've, there was a lot of changes and they were hampered by the, the cap salary they were trying to get the house in order and I think I think Belichick wrote that season off early doors to be fair and Absolutely. and right let's just go again and um in in sort of 21 so um, yeah, um I don't I don't think you can read too much into last I mean for all we're saying it was a level playing field I think Pats are definitely one of those teams that you would pick out and go that will never happen again not under Belichick anyway um hmm. it was just a freak season unfortunately yeah, i mean
0: the amount of optates and things like that i mean go straight i'll go straight into them now into that side of it i mean i'm i'm predicting like everyone else is is that they won't look anything like it did in 2020 um there mm. d it's just cuz mainly cuz of the covid optates more than anything but yeah. um also they've added they've added to things um they've got matt like judon has been added in free agency uh, along with corner Jalen mills um carver noy is back as i'm sure you'll know yeah. onto H- to Hightower's back, you know, because he's another opt uh, And even though, like, high Hightower, I mean, they're all and that. I, I, you feel that Bill will get the best out of them that he can for the time that they're on the field. I expect them to be a force like they were in 2019. But fantasy-wise, you must proceed with caution with them. Mm. They rotate a lot and they change a lot. I mean, they use a lot of players in... In positions coming off the field, if you look, if you look at their 2019 breakdown, I think they it's something like 25 players that play bloody 16 games. When you look at stats and you think, okay, the share the shares in in them and, and sticking into their positions as well and moving them around constantly, it's very difficult to really predict. Well, not not predict, but to 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 go all in on any any Patriots player. But if you've got to, because they set up they've got a fav- favorable sort of full three, they're going to be rushing the QBs like they like they have done in the past. So they're edge rushers or well, not edge rushers, they're outside linebackers, stroke. They're, but the big thing to remember in this with these with these guys, the two guys that I'm going to pick to talk about, is they are down as linebackers, but they can play as DLs. And you must pick them as DLs. Do not pick them as linebackers. Because they probably won't score enough to be that relevant. Not they're probably not in the top thirty. Put it that way. If I just go through, I just go through their sort of like sort of setup as it is. Um, So, starting with safeties: Devin McCourty, Carl Duggar. um, Corners: JC Jackson, Stephen Gilmore. Um, Expect the linebackers, the middle set linebackers, to be uh, Dont'a Hightower, Jawan Bentley. Jawan Bentley. Looks a decent prospect, but again, fantasy-wise, cautious. And then you've got your two outside linebackers, classed as edge rushers, if you can call them that. Well, you're definitely Matt Judon. Um, But Carl Van Noy and Matt Judon. Now, Chase Winovich is also in the mix, but I'm going to concentrate on Matt Judon and Carl Van Noy. Um, Again, I will stress again, you must pick them. If you're going to pick them up, pick them up and play them as defensive linemen, not as linebackers. Because you should be getting, um, well, depending on how deep your leagues are, you should be able to pick more consistent linebackers up in that. I mean, look, at the end of the day, like last year, if they're playing Carson Wentz... (laughs) Or the version, the whatever the twenty twenty one Carson went. If there is
2: the one going to be around, I don't think I, I no one's going to be playing Wentz for a while. I don't think. Well, no, but you know that
0: that just <laughs> has no protection and has yeah. no clue. Seems to have completely lost the plot and is getting sacked left, right, and center. Then yeah, yeah, whoever comes up against them, yeah, maybe then you'd be looking at playing. You know, um, but that is that is based on a matchup potential. Might be a rookie QB um, where you say to yourself, right, okay, I'm looking for sacks today. You know, we're looking at we're looking. At the, say for example, you've got rookie QB in. He was sacked four times last week, and now he's playing the Patriots this week. Okay, right? Kyle Van Noy, Matt Judon are in play. Um, even people like Adrian Phillips, who can be brought up from from safety and brought into the box. He's sort of like a hybrid linebacker uh, DB. So again, you could play Adrian Phillips in that role, and uh, he'd be looking to to maybe get a sack or two. You, you know, there is a lot of caution around for me, I would not be targeting anybody from New England fantasy wise, certainly not in the early rounds of picking your defensive players. There's a lot more consistent fantasy scorers out there than these guys. So let's just break it down then. So Matt Judon, the Patriots, as most people know, they went mental in free agency uh, this year, Um, especially uh, some Great offensive players, obviously the two tight ends that we know about. Um, but the, also they added Matt Judon. Um Judon was excellent in Baltimore, but he is in a very much a blitz, you know, they they love blitz in, in Baltimore, and that's what they do. It's a bit different in uh New England. It's more of a they they move is more of a team rather than just flat, you know, edge rushes running from from um Distance and, and and smashing the quarterback to the ground. It's more of a, a committee sort of like approach that Bill seems to um, run with. Uh, so so he may not get as many sacks as he had. He, but 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 however, you know, he is a consistent. Is is four seasons in a row with six plus sacks. Um, last season he was good for a, a DL thirty finish. But if you play him as a linebacker, he would have only finished as a linebacker sixty three. Over the 14 games, he was averaging uh 10 points per game, which is okay, um, but not particularly great. So, like I said, he, you know, is, is not this is not one of the top guys. However, he could, you know, it could be. He's going to a new new team and uh, with a new with a new look in front. And it, it could it could it could be completely different this year. However, you would I would be proceeding with caution if if I'd be Picking either of these two up, really. Going over to Kyle Van Noy. He's back in New England, as we know. Now, it was... Class is a disaster season. Obviously, what happened to him in, in Miami. He didn't really produce from a team perspective and an NFL perspective. Um, four-year contract and cut to one year after the one year, um, which is a bit of a nightmare for him, for him. But production-wise, in IDP, it wasn't actually too bad. He was averaging... Yeah. Fourteen points, fourteen point two eight points a game. Give him the sort of like linebacker thirty sort of round where he was in in in, in IEP plus. He, he was the linebacker thirty. That also equated to DL ten if you're playing him in that in in the position that he should be. So, you know, the guy the guy scores some points. Age is not on his size, so you know you're not probably going to be looking at him from a dynasty perspective. It, so yeah, it's, it's 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 difficult, but they're the two they're the two that are at the top of the pecking order for me. Um, that you should be picking. You can look at Dante Hightower, but oh, I I just wouldn't pick that. I just wouldn't go for their middle linebackers. Not really, mm. just the way they don't really get used that much. Um, they might also line up with a single middle linebacker, which means that one of those to John Bentley or Dante Howtire won't be on the field. And yeah, not not for me, not for me. Yeah, the other guy I would like to talk about is DB, um, Adrian Phillips. Interesting. DB 12 last year, really decent season. We got him slightly down on last year. We got him well, quite a bit down, actually, dropping out towards probably DB 30 sort of range. With DB 12, he, he finished with 206 points last year. Last year, which is mm, nothing to be sniffed at. The issue is Patrick Chung is coming back, so where will that you know will that make a difference? Maybe, maybe not. Um, like I said, he's a, he's more of a hybrid linebacker DB. What where he's going to be used? He's going to be a little bit uh, in the in the box backer. You know, he'd be doing all sorts of stuff, and and it's a bit risky. A bit risky banking completely on Phillips. However, he is. Probably the I would I would expect he he may be the highest scorer in this team fantasy wise this year so so yeah they're the three for me I can't I can't even pick up but if I was going for somebody randomly outside Kyle Duggar he was the rookie pickup last year um, he was the shocker out of the blue they obviously you know they know something about Kyle Duggar he's a that um, that nobody really picked up on in 2020 uh in the in the draft you know he was he was a shock everybody had to look him up to find out who he was he's interesting character and an interesting you know they've got some big i reckon they might have some big plans for him and it'd be interesting where they you've got the mccourty brothers coming you know um sorry Devin coming to the end of his time uh gilmore obviously yeah these great corner but again, fantasy relevant. Eh, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. So, they're, so they're they're the three for me. So, so if we pick those three, it would be Matt Jude on and Noy, and Adrian Phillips. But as we said, I would definitely, um, definitely err on the side of caution, picking up New England players.
2: I've gone sort of back into the draft and looked at. I mean, we always like to focus on you know one to watch as well. So I mean they've they've definitely taken steps to you know improve that sort of D line and, and sort of the rush, haven't they? I mean they've they've picked up um you know Christian Barmore, sort of you know, DL in the second round, yeah, who's you know, class is a, a, a pretty well a, a good interior sort of pass rusher. Yeah. Um, and then for me, what could be a a bit of a bargain in the third round, you know, Ronnie Perkins again at edge, you know, another potentially explosive rusher. And, you know, if he if he comes to the fore, I mean, at the 96th pick, he could be a real third round bargain for him. Um, and like you say, with with I, mean, I think Belichick is, you know, you've touched on it several times. You know, the, you've got some aging players in there and um, he's he's definitely looking to sort of freshen things up, whether they slot straight in. You know, like yeah, with all rookies, yeah. we'll have to wait and see if they they can hit the ground running. Um, but I think Perkins could be. Yeah, he could be. Um, as I say, if he pans out, they could have snapped up a real bargain, and, and it's, it would be typical of Bill, wouldn't it? I mean, he's, he does his own work better than better than most. Um,
0: yeah, the big problem, the big problem is with them is even you know they're in New England, so the issue is is Bill and the way that the Patriots use all these players, and whether they actually become fantasy, fantasy relevant is going to be at, it's going to be interesting to see. And I, 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 Probably, if I was a better man, I'd say probably not. Because even the really top players, you know, Matt Judon would be predicted, I'd be predicting Matt Matt Judon to have a a better season than he will if he'd have stayed in Baltimore. You know what I mean? Just because of the way Baltimore play and they have got that fantasy, you know, when they go big, they go big because it's blitz after blitz after blitz. So when, when, when they're on top of teams... It's, and it's often the same kind of the same players when what you find with the Patriots is, is, you know, it, it can be, I've, I've always found this when you like, oh, God, it's, it's like you've got one, one player makes a sack. And then the same thing happens again, a couple of snaps later. And it's a different player making that sack from the same position where you go, which is great from the team perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, you've gone Oh, you, know, you know you know what i mean and that, that's where you find it with the, the patriots i just find that the lineup their interchange the way they use them you know, the big guys the big guys in the middle will be locked in lewis guy um, you've got a few other guys that are around barramore's going to be interesting he's a big fella and um, uh, but uh, again they'll be locked on they won't be they won't be moved around it's the guys that are around them the ones that will pick up the points you've got somebody you've got Jonathan Jones as well he's an interesting character that they like to use um, that always you know these guys always pick up an amount of points and actually dig into others points you know so it's it's a it's a shared effort and a team effort collective effort from the patriots yeah that's probably what makes them great as a unit and extremely hard for oppositions to predict. Extremely when hard it,
2: for fantasy picks as well as you said.
0: Exactly. So that's that's the problem. That's the problem you've got, and that's the problem from a fantasy perspective. When you when you're talking that you've got I don't know 16 team. Uh, sorry, 12 team leads, to 16 team. Say for example, you've got to take a total of say the top 30 to 40 linebackers, DLs or DBs. These guys are often on the edges of them. I know they have. There's particular particular players that dive in there higher up, but y- you wouldn't be taking them as y- your DL one or your DL. You know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Your first time that you take your DL off the board, it's very unlikely Matt Judon's going to be at the top of the tree. You're going to have somebody in front of him that you're going to take, and that's that's really where I'm pointing at. I'm just you could look at the late round picks again, but the issue that you're going to have is again, it's such a shared. You might get somebody break out and take the lion's share, but I would I would probably actually go go at a different team in a different angle. Yeah, um, yeah. But again, that's that's my that's my that's my preference on it. I'm not a, I'm not a big Patriots fan when it comes to fantasy, and I think the points speak for them. They they back me up on that.
2: Well, ladies and gents, as. Much I love listening to Nate break down any team. There's only so long I can listen to anyone talking about New England. So um, we're gonna have to um, we're gonna have to move it on. I'm afraid. Right. Well, I'm gonna kick off um, with. I'm gonna leave my beloved Dolphins to one side for a moment. Let's go with the division winners. Let's have a talk about about Buffalo. So, okay, last season on the face of it, great season. A lot of people tipped them, um, and they very very nearly went all the way, but. And a bit like the last pub where I maybe a bit controversially poked a few holes in Tampa's defence, I'm, I'm going to do the same with Buffalo a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the Bills were great to watch last season, but as, as good and as entertaining as that Josh Allen sort of offence was, I think you could make a case for it papering over some, not serious cracks, but definite sort of cracks in the defence. So what's the problem? Well, for me and you know, looking at how they sort of lined up last season, they were just a bit predictable. You know, whereas we've we've already touched on so many teams that uh, use a, a flexible front, single LBs, roaming safeties, the Bills' setup was, for the most part, in a lot of games, in the majority of snaps, it was a very traditional sort of run run defence, really. Um, the problem was that they actually, and quite ironically, they, they kind of... St- failed to stop the run effectively in a lot of games um, and they seemed a little bit reluctant to, to change tack. Um, it, it's interesting because I'll, I'll go straight from the Bills into the Dolphins. We're going to leave the Jets to, to the end because um, that'll probably be fairly short. They're kind of chalk and cheese because if you look at last season, you've got an outstanding offense in in Buffalo. And as I say, that, that covered up for some of the, you know, the, the holes in the defense, whereas Miami were polar opposite you know you had a a, an offense still very much in transition your quarterback coming in mistakes being made but the defense more than made up for it I mean if you'd put that Buffalo offense and the Miami defense together last season they'd wipe the floor with pretty much anyone I think Tampa included so going back to Buffalo focusing on you know some of the niggles with that defense um, the obvious place for me to start is the D-line last season the Bills started with a front four on 96% of snaps, 96%. Now, the league average was 57. As I said, you know, you've got teams like the Pats, the, the you know the Dolphins, just in this division, running really flexible you know, fronts. And that, again, is, is quite indicative of the way a lot of these, these modern sort of younger defensive coaches are pushing the game. And um, yeah, so that, again, going back to what I said before, it's just a little bit predictable. So looking at the D-line, to be honest, for the first time doing this pod i was almost half tempted to say to nate look i'm going to skip it because i was really really struggling to to find some value from you know from a fantasy perspective so and that's what you know this pod's all about um but you know we have to we have to give it the old college try i suppose so jerry Hughes, um okay you yeah, know 124 fantasy points off 15 games average less than 10 10 points a game finished up the dl 33 and he's 33 years old, you ain't taking him. Ed Oliver, at the other end of it, only 23 at at tackle, (sighs) scraped over 100 fantasy points out of 16 games, an average less than seven a game, finished up DL 57. And you look at the rest of it and you go, that's kind of it. You know, I'm not, again, from a fantasy perspective... There's, there's not really anything of note worth discussing. I mean, Quinton Jefferson has failed to impress. Um, I think a lot of people thought he'd do better. But, you know, and even then on the face of it, you look at the two I've mentioned, Hughes and Oliver, and you think, thinking, well, you, you'd almost certainly swerve them. Now, before Nath jumps in and points out that I drafted Ed Oliver in, one, in our Ray Lewis league, <laughs> and I did, yep. I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. Yeah, I did pick him up. In my defence, it was quite late on. Um, hmm. I'd already plugged most of the, well, I'd picked almost sort of, you know, starting um, IDP players anyway. So, um, but looking at this year's draft, the Bills have clearly looked at that D-line as an issue. Um, and if they improve it, I was gambling on Ed Oliver's numbers improving. To be honest, it, it couldn't get much worse because, as I said, he barely hit three figures. Hmm. Um, however, in the first round, 30th overall pick, they did take um, uh, defensive end Gregory Rousseau. Yeah. Um, physically, he's got all the attributes. I think to be, you know, a great player, uh, but he is a bit of a gamble to go in the first for me, because he missed out. He missed most of the 2018 season with injury. He then opted out last season due to the pandemic. If he works, as I say, physically, he's got all the attributes. They could have a serious player. If you're looking, if we're focusing on sort of one to watch, personally, and the one to watch, I would, I would look at. Carlos Boogie Basham. I, I partly picked him because of the nickname. Um, but again, you know, another defensive end. Um, but unlike Rousseau, um, Basham's played a lot more. He's been consistent. He racked up 10 sacks in his, his 2019 season. He's also a bit flexible. He's happy slotting in pretty much anywhere along that D-line. Again, I know we've touched on Swiss Army Knife players and, and that in, in the last couple of pods. But because of that, I'd expect to see him, you know, seeing regular snaps, arguably before Rousseau does. Um, probably you know pushing out the likes of Quen- uh, Quentin Jefferson sooner rather than later so the, the DL yeah okay it's um, it's nothing to write home about linebackers is where it starts to improve a bit um, certainly definitely from a fancy perspective so the top performer last season uh, Tremaine Edmonds Edmund- put my teeth in 202 fancy points off 16 games and here the average picks up A lot from the DL. Uh, 12.6 average points a game, 77 solo tackles, 42 assisted, two sacks. Finished up LB 29. Um, Projection for next season, arguably because, you know, maybe they are going to improve that, that sort of defensive line a bit with the rookies coming in. Bit of an uptake on it. You know, we've got him, you know, racking up, arguably sort of stretching to about 230 points and possibly comfortably finishing within sort of the lb20 position um, he said himself he's you know he's, he's still growing into the game in a recent interview you know he's room for improvement he's only 23 so there's plenty of time for that to happen and the stats from last season show he could get there and he could get there pretty quickly if he stays fit um, and then there's you've also got aj klein uh, kind of the other end of the spectrum 30 years old now Again, a reasonable fantasy season, 177 points, played all 16 games, 11 average points, finished up LB 44. Not a flashy player, solid, dependable, turns up, puts a shift in. But at 30, I think that 177-point season last year, you may have seen him, I think he's probably hit his ceiling. The interesting one for me is Matt Milano here. You can write off his fantasy points, I think, from last season, because again, you know, he just scraped over the 100 mark, but that was only 10 games. Um, and we'll touch on why it was only 10 games in a second. Nate probably knows where I'm going with this one. So he finished up LB 79. He did average over 11 points a game. And off those 10 games, 35 solo, well, 45 total tackles, uh, three and a half sacks, and one pick. The projection we've got for next season is in finishing well within that LB 20 ranking and going up for over 200 points if he stays fit. And that for me is a, a rather large if um, because, and the bills have gambled on him as well. Uh, he's just re, they've just re-signed him uh, back in March. I think it was to a four year $44 million deal. Um, now, again, if he stays fit, I would say that's a cracking bit of business, but at just 27, he's already been dogged with injuries since roundabouts sort or of 2017 in the main, there have been sort of minor hamstring issues. Uh, he did fracture his leg. It was a, a pec injury or a pec strain, coupled with a hamstring. He missed one game, I think, last season, which was a hamstring uh, strain earlier in the season. And then a pec injury, which he came back from after a couple of games. And then he was put back on IR because obviously you know, he still wasn't fit. With last season's rankings, a bit like we touched on with Vita Vea and Tampa, um, although I think Milano will go even further under most people's radar if you can pick him up late on and if he stays fit and if those projective figures that we've talked about come to fruition or even close, that is an absolute steal um, for me. So, um, so yeah, the linebacker situation at Bills, it's um, yeah, it's a lot more interesting than the DL, but then that wouldn't have been difficult. Um, And then secondary moving up to that. um, Well, this is where we find their top defensive um, player last season, Again, from a fantasy perspective, uh, Jordan Poyer, at safety, um, 238 fantasy points off all 16 games, averaging a fraction under 15 points a game. Finished up DB2. There's, I mean, the figures are, are pretty impressive: 91 solo tackles, 33 assists, two sacks, two picks, two forced fumbles. With those numbers, and as the and he is the clear strong safety um, in Buffalo he's leaps and bounds ahead of of his sort of um counterpart um mika hyde who tends to slot more into that uh, sort of free safety role um okay yeah he's, he's turned 30 now but i would easily expect another 200 point season from him providing he stays fit and he's going to be sniffing around that sort of yeah that that db top 10 um again this season i would imagine um and then elsewhere in the 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 secondary, just touching on the cornerbacks quickly. Um, You've got Taron Johnson and Tredavious White. Not a huge amount to to split them, really. So, I mean, Johnson just under 200 fantasy points, 194 points last season, all 16 games, 12 average, DB 16, 70 solo tackles, 24 assists, one sack. It was a hell of a sack. Uh, Sorry, and one pick, which was a hell of an interception Mm -hmm. because he ripped off Lamar Jackson and went for 100 yards for the touchdown. Um, I think most people remember that game because um, it, it sort of nailed down their um, their trip to the AFC Championship. On the other side, Tradavius White, uh, 162 fantasy points, missed a couple of games. So their, their average points are yeah, tough, tough to split, to be honest. Um, White slips down to the DB41, again, because he, he did miss a couple of games and his points were a bit lower as a consequence. For me, I'd still take Johnson, partly because you look at his numbers. I, I think he's just a busier player puts himself about a bit more, more tackles, um, and the stats back that up. Yeah. Um, I I take him just for that pick. I mean, you know, to rip off Jackson and, and you know go for a for a you know a ton yardage in such a clutch game um was yeah you know, was quite impressive. But um so yeah um so summing up the Bills quickly. Oh the D line swerve it. I mean, I would just, just leave it alone. If you, if you, I, I was going to say, if you got a gamble, then you do what I do and take Ed Oliver. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't bother. Um, linebackers, Trey would be the obvious one, but uh, Matt Milano could be a, as I said, he, he could be a really worthwhile gamble um, if you do fancy a punt on him, providing he stays fit. DB, I think you stick with Jordan Poyer um, because I think he'll go again and put up similar numbers this season. And the one to watch uh, for me, I am going to go with, with um, Carlos Boogie Bashan. draft him late just for the nickname, to be honest. But no, I, I think I'd, um, I think he'll be a good addition to, I think he'll slot into what is, you know, we've covered it enough, a, a pretty mediocre defensive line at the moment. So, um, um, so yeah, he, he'd be, I think he'll, he'll slot in before, um, um, before the first round pick, to be honest. So, Uh, So, yeah, that's um, that covers off the bills. Um, Anything you want us to sort of dive in with on that, mate?
0: No, I don't think I think you covered everything there, mate. Uh, The only one is that is maybe AJ Epinez. I mean, I know he didn't have a great um, start to his NFL career, but he he was somebody that everybody would uh, that were quite high on coming out of the draft. And I know he can be used in different ways so he's another one that you might want to keep an eye on just in case he does get put pushed out a little bit to to more of a uh, an edge sort of blitzing the the problem is is like like you touched on at the start is that up front they're very static and until that they 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 obviously didn't feel that they had the players to be able to mix it up too much so they stuck with what they had last year and it well worked okay for them to be honest the bills however they like you said they did get run on quite a bit um, which they will do if you know if it's that predictable then you're you you're going to be able to find you're going to be able to find lanes eventually and that's what teams did to them um, so that you're right they they will try and address that situation and i'm sure they're going to be moving people around to to make that happen so so yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, and As I say, they've, yeah, you know, they've, they've, I think they've been well aware of that, and the, and the draft sort of reflected that. Yeah.
0: Um, so go on then. What, so here we go. Here we go. Like, have we got, have we got enough time for this, or what was going on? So, right, right.
2: I, I'm not promising. I said to Nate before we did the AFC East, I, I was surprised how diplomatic Nate was covering off the NFC North a few weeks ago. I, I struggled to do it. I'm not, I, I can't. So, okay. Uh, let's talk about the best defense in the league. <laughs> um, no all right okay all right well maybe not but certainly the best defense in the division last season i don't think anyone would sort of question that um so and to be honest they it was a it was one of the biggest surprises on defense i think um last season in in the nfl why well i think in part because the 2019 defense was dog shit by comparison um and to go from that to a top 12 defense surprised everyone um, I, would, I would think that's safe to say, me included, to be honest. Um, it was fun to watch. I, I, I do love Brian Flores. I think he's a fantastic coach, and it pains me to admit it. But obviously, he's been tutored and, and worked under a certain coach in New England, and he's obviously uh, brought a lot of that over to Miami. Um, and the defense does reflect our head coach very much. It's brave. Um, it, you know, he's not afraid to to improvise, unlike Buffalo. Uh, very flexible, even outright gambling on occasions. And for the most part, last season it paid off. Um, very fluid, multiple flexible fronts, as I say. Um, high numbers in the secondary, almost to the point where you, it, Flores almost negates that that linebacker position altogether. You know, there's there's the front, there's the back, and there's there's you know someone in the middle, Jerome Baker, for the most part. But whilst it was definitely entertaining. I, I can pick holes in it the main one for me we are still still guilty of conceding way too much cheap yardage and it's but it seemed you know every time that happened and we were backed up we'd pull another turnover out of the bag it's a risky way to defense it's not the you know I don't think it's in the you know the NFL handbook necessarily but um but you know from that point of view we need to kick on and improve this season and and, and maybe on some of the, the more basic like you know, keeping the, the conceded yards down to a minimum, but we can't break down the Finns defense without focusing heavily on the turnovers. Cause it was such a major factor last season. And we can't do that without Nate getting out the swear jar, because I'm going to kick off with the secondary. And we're going to, yes, it's that time, ladies and gents. We're going to talk about Mr. Xavier and Howard. Let's focus on the numbers from last season. Okay. You know, monster season for him in terms of sort of cornerbacks. Um, just shy 200 fantasy points played all 16 games averaged over 12 points a game finished up db 14 40 solos 11 assists and those 10 interceptions um and the deal's been done i've actually i said to Nathan before we started i've just got here on my notes a little asterisk uh brent to waffle on a bit about xavier Howard. and i have been a bit torn about this and for a number of reasons but you don't ever want to lose a player like Howard. Um, he's he is the most talented player in that secondary. That's that's a given. Um, he had a, a hell of a season. My issue has been with him, and it's it, I think it's indicative of certain other players. Nathan, and I were talking about it before we came on. Um, you've got the likes of Jamal Adams going in having a monster season, and right, I want more money. All right, you've had one good season. I mean, we all knew the talent was there. Um, so probably more so, than, far more so than than maybe saving Howard. I think the Dolphins have handled it fairly well. I don't think, I think much like the defense, Flores adopted a bit of a bend, don't break mentality with these negotiations. So he's had a restructured deal. It's not really going to cost us much more. Yeah. Okay. We've, we, we've added 3.5 million in incentives. We've written off the, uh, the fines from mini camp for his little, you know, uh, spitting out of the dummy moment. Um, so I th- the problem is, can he replicate next season? You know, can he go again? Um, and that's why I thought, well, ultimately, if if we can't reach a deal, then OK, you don't ever want to lose good players. But, you know, we've done it before. Uh, all teams have had to say, well, enough's enough on, on, on some occasions. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I've actually drafted Howard in, in one of our leagues Um and so far and but that was quite late on you know he was he's he's he sort of remained on the board late in i think pretty much all of the drafts i've seen recently mm-hmm. um and i think everyone's thinking the same thing i don't think he'll have another 10 pick season i'd love to be wrong
1: mm-hmm. and there's
2: no doubt he's got the talent but i just i you know yeah. you, you've got to highlight him because he's, he, he was you know the the top db in that that um Team last season. It's difficult. It's
0: difficult on interceptions, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, is that that's the majority of his points come from that. And yeah, you know, it, it's it's difficult to pre- predict or consistently uh, bank the fact that they're going to happen again. Um, and that's 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 probably why he's, he's, he's well, I'm sure that's why he's left on the board as long as he is. But yeah, he's, he's still still you know, I, I think it's good it's, it's good value picking him up later on because there's no the thing is with Miami they, you know. Is all over the secondary as well. So, I mean, he's not like he's just the standout player, you know. He, he isn't, he, he is, he's a great player alongside other great players. So, the thing is, is he can't just go, oh, we're not going to target him. Well, okay. Well, you know, there's other, there's other, other corner safe.
2: Well, this is it. And, and moving on from Howard, I mean, you, you, you can't talk about Howard without talking about his, you know, his opposite number, Byron Jones. Um, Now, you look at their fancy numbers and they couldn't be more different um, and you look at his fantasy numbers I and mean, we finished up DB 159 average less than six a game you um, did miss a couple of games with that's that's no excuse for you know 80 fantasy points but well the, the, there is a reason for it and again you come back to that that argument between you know a good NFL player is not necessarily always a great fantasy player yeah, um, yeah. And, and vice versa I mean you could have because I think for me Byron's better in coverage you know, and that's, that's why I, I I do strongly believe it sort of opened up opportunities for Howard, you know, uh, to, to go and get those picks. But you, you look at sort of Jones's numbers and you, you do, whilst I initially didn't have a huge amount of sympathy with Savie and Howard, and I think, I think the deal's worked out best for, for both parties. I don't really think he genuinely wanted to move on, who knows? Um, and I don't think Flores really wanted to lose him. But you look at sort of Jones's stats from last season, you kind of go, well, yeah, you can kind of understand where Howard's coming from. But, um, and, and the fact that, you know, last year Miami made Jones the fifth highest paid corner in the league, you know, Howard's looking across after his 10-pick season going, yeah, okay, well, hang on a minute. But, you know, it's... Would you take Jones from a fantasy perspective? No. Great team player, but at the moment, I'll have to wait and see how the season goes, but you're not. The problem from a fantasy perspective with our secondaries, finding value is tricky Um, because of the way Flores shuffles the pack. You know, you've got the likes of Nick Needham. Um, sort of, you know, uh, Brandon Jones—they're all chipping in with decent tackle numbers. The odd pick, and they're all nibbling away at that sort of fancy points pie. Um, like I say, it was just Howard had one of those seasons where he steps up and goes, you know, he just he just ripped off ten interceptions, and and his numbers reflected that. But I keep coming back to this: that is very, very hard to replicate. And and I think you have hit the nail on the head. It's you know, you look at certain players in in sort of the D line or at linebacker position, you go, he is going to get you know, X number of sacks or thereabouts, he's going to be good for so many solo tackles. Um, the interceptions are one of those things that, you know, sometimes you have a freak season. Um, so, and then, you know, at safety, you've got, um, you've got the likes of Eric Rowe, um, uh, you know, good season, 178 fantasy points off 16 games, over 11 average points a game, finished up DB 31, good tackle numbers, pick, he had a couple of picks himself, um I like Eric Rowe as a player. Um, solid safety. Um, I, I don't think he'll break the, you know, he's not ever likely to break the 200 fantasy point marks. And at 28, again, I think he's probably hit his ceiling from a fantasy perspective. Um, I'd expect similar numbers again. Um, so, you know, late pick in a, in a decent sized sort of, you know, league. Um, you could do all right with him. Um, finally, in the second, I'm going to highlight one of the new boys, um, Jevon Holland uh safety out of oregon yeah i think this kid is a great value pick um Mm -hmm. i think the dolphins did really well to get him i mean he was regarded um for a lot as as one of the two best picks at that position um you know he's he's quick he's skillful he can play corner as well um so you know and the more you look at Jevon holland the more the, the bobby mccain departure makes sense um i was you know i was I like Bobby McCain, but we've been able to free up some cap space without hopefully it really impacting too much on that secondary. Um, You know, so it's, um, and and, whilst I like McCain, his numbers last season weren't anything spectacular. So he's gone free up some cap space and potentially in Jevon Holland, you know, you could almost have a a ready-made replacement. Good to go. Um, Moving on to the linebackers this is fairly straightforward because again, like a lot of teams now, Miami used one LB in, in well over 50% of snaps last season. Um, So the top pick top of the tree comfortably is, is Jerome Baker. Um, 229 points last season um, played all 16 games, averaged over 14 points a game and finished up the LB 17. Um, Good tackle numbers, 70 solos, 42 assists, seven sacks, couple of false fumbles thrown into the mix. Um, I mean, he was Miami's top defensive fantasy player last season. Um, I'd probably expect more of the yeah, more of the same this season. Um, he's pretty much nailed on for that single linebacker spot, um, and the departure of the likes of Van Noy. Okay, yeah, he, he sort of comes off the edge um, more than a, a bog standard. You know, he's not a standard linebacker as you've already covered off. Um, the, the only criticism of Baker is he, he still goes for me you know, watching Miami as often as I do, you know, he, he still, he still misses a few tackles when he sort of drops into coverage, but he's, he's still only 24. Yeah. Um, so the, I think there's potentially more to come from him. Um, uh, Landon Roberts, it'll uh, be rotated in and out, but not enough to be fancy relevance. Um, an outside shout. I mean, he is marked down as a, a linebacker, but again, he's, he's an outside linebacker. is Van Ginkel. Decent season um over 150 points uh, picked up five and a half sacks coming off the edge um but again he's going to be rotated in and out um uh, means his tackled numbers are way down on the likes of jerome bakers um with van noy gone yeah he's, he's likely to see more snaps um decent player but you know and my other reservation with van ginkler is he's got silly long hair um but that's that's born out of jealousy. I'm I'm sure. So I'm going to swerve Van Ginkel just because he's got more hair than I have. Um, finally, the D line. To be honest, for a top twelve defense, finding fancy value here um, a bit like you know the, the teams we've already touched on, um, and a bit like our secondary. Really, it's surprisingly tough because of the Dolphins' defensive scheme. You know, it seems to be a bit of a bit like the Pats. You know, it's a defense that is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, and a lot of credit has to go to, to Flores for that. Um, but the D-line, again, is a prime example of it. You've got Christian Wilkins, good all-round tackle. I liked it when we drafted him a couple of years ago, but he hasn't really kicked on as much as I would have liked. Um, and he's he's a little bit in danger. He does get moved around a bit. And again, you know, Nate's sort of favourite phrase in the recent pods, he's in danger of becoming a bit of a Swiss Army knife player. Um Shaq Lawson had a decent season with with four sacks. Um, and you know, you've got the rookie, sort of Raquan Davis, who's been settling in. Um, I I'd, I'd expect his stats to be much better than next um this season than last. Um, but then having said that, you know, it, it'll be an improvement on a, a DL 147 um finish. So yeah, again, finding something in the D line. It's um I mean, based on last season, for me, there's only one choice uh, based on his numbers, and that's that's Emmanuel Ogba. Um, 165 fantasy points, um, averaged over 10 a game and finished at the DL 14. Um, Finished with nine sacks, three false fumbles, and it it, it really did mark a a breakout season uh, for Ogba, following his move from from the Chiefs. Solid numbers, solid player, and I'd expect more of the same again this season, but... Still, nothing to get really excited about in terms of you know your drafting um, in your leagues. Ogba, you could argue he's a, a reasonably solid late round pickup um, if he's still on the board. Um, so the D line on the face of it is looking a bit lackluster from you know players you'd want to take. However, all is not lost because I'm going to bring in another one of the new boys, and it was our first round edge pick, Jalen Phillips. I think this kid will make a massive, massive difference this D-line. I think if it hadn't been, there were, when he was drafted, I mean, there were a couple of injury niggles surrounding him around about the, you know, in the time leading up to the draft. And I think if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have been surprised to see him come off the board inside of the top 10. I know it was very linebacker, heavy, uh, QB heavy and all the rest of it in the, the draft this year. But Miami have come out and said, Fitness wise, they've got no concerns. So to pick him up at, at 18 in the first round, I think could be a, a real, you know, stellar move for the Dolphins. He's six five, you know, over 260 pounds. He's athletic. He's just everything you want in an edge rusher. And, you know, and he'll make us better, not just, you know, against both pass and, and run plays, I think. Um, and that really could be the key to this season. If we can go again, you know, with again, you know, big turnover plays and combine that with giving up. Fewer cheap yards, which we were guilty of last season. I, I think if it all slots together, you, you could make a case for Miami, you know, being a, a top 10 defense. Um, so summing up, um, <clears throat> if we're looking at the, the DBs, um, I am going to go with Xavier Howard because I, I think he, you know, he's, he's, I don't expect him to replicate last season. I, as I say, I'd love to be proven wrong, but uh, he, he's got the talents. Um so, yeah, for me, I'd, I'd still, and I have done in the draft, so I'm, I am putting the money where my mouth is. Um, and you will be able to pick him up late because I think people will be wary of him, as, as we've already said. The linebacker position's easy. You take Jerome Baker all day long. <clears throat> Excuse me. The one to watch, for me, is not going to be Jalen Phillips. I I really like Jevon Holland. I think he'll slot in nicely into that secondary sooner rather than later. And finally, DL, and the reason I haven't, um, I've taken sort of Jeb and Holland as my one to watch is because I'm going to put my balls on the block a little bit and say that Jalen Phillips hits the ground running. Um, it is a gamble. Most, no one's going to take, but I, I just, you know, I'm not predicting, I'm not predicting a Jeremy Chin sort of rookie season, um, but I think he's got the potential to go close. I, I really genuinely think he could be a, you know, a great addition to that Um that team but you know if you want to be boring you could take Ogba I suppose but um again from a fantasy perspective you yeah if you are picking up manual Ogba it's going to be sort of very very late and I think from a, a long-term dynasty perspective I'd, I'd take Phillips over Ogba all day long for me so uh so yeah sort of throw anything back this way
0: um not really I mean yeah I mean you covered off yeah you covered off everything really that was there the, the yeah the, the the big thing for me i I would have gone exactly like you you said i I'd have really gone on about those two rookies, like both of them a lot yeah and I th- I think especially with Jevin Holland, I think there's a real there's a real chance there for some potentially somebody's gonna yeah you know somebody's gonna benefit from what's happened last year in that secondary i think I think somebody's gonna have it somebody'll have another big season, I don't know who it'll be it might be zavin Howard again. But it might; it's probably likely to be somebody else that does pick up a fair, fair few interceptions because I think I think the Dolphins' defense will still play the same way, you know. And I think there will be um, uh, a lot of pressure onto the quarterback, and you know, a lot of you know, that—that—that'll be the way that they go, and they will try and force teams to throw against them. Right then, on to the Jets. As we all know, the Jets are in a very much a transitional period. Good. Which for me um, sorry. yeah <laughs> sorry
2: sorry i'll I'll be quiet, I promise,
0: <laughs> which makes twenty twenty one to me very exciting um I'm really looking forward to uh finding out which players decide to step up and take in take these you know put a proper marker down on some of these positions because there are a few positions that are up for grabs um and and they could nail it in for years to come um. Obviously, under Robert Salah, it's gonna be interesting and it's gonna be interesting to see what he brings to the Jets that he that he obviously picked up from Sam Fram. Um obviously I can't we can't talk about uh we can't not talk about the injuries that the Jets have just just got. Carl Lawson out is is a big shame, really. I I add him is a bit of a breakout this year. I mean, like a lot of people have in past years. Um, and he hasn't really stepped up, but I did feel that this was a you know a, a chance for him and definitely um he could have racked up some decent numbers. So um what we expect sort of like the Jets to look like if um the corners be Austin and Bryce Hall, I expect, um safety is Marcus May, uh, Ashton Davis, uh, rookie from last year, um and the Marcus Joyner linebackers, CJ Mosley, uh, Jared Davis as well, but Jared Davis has just been announced today. Actually, he's going to miss some time. Up from uh, Quinn and Williams. Um, who else is in there? Sheldon Rankin, John Franken Myers is also there. Um, and obviously, with Carl Orson, like this one, there's one big, big spot up for grabs there. And we're going to wait and see to see who that is. Because I certainly don't have any clue. I've seen various different players play over pre-season in this edge rushing sort of like spot and no one's really stepped up yet. And I'm sure that they've got somebody up their sleeve who they, they're actually really considering. Um, but we've seen a lot of rookies and a lot of uh, outsiders um, playing in the spot at the moment. Um, so maybe Nathan Shepard could be the guy to step up. But so the guys that I'm going to talk about, um, obviously DL, there's one, there's one real uh, standout player and it has to be Quinn and Williams for me. Um, he is the lead guy in the defensive line. He hasn't really got a great deal of competition, and I, I see Williams stepping stepping up like he did last season, but now being the real leader and starting to be one of the faces of the franchise in the Jets. In 2020, he finished as the DL11, averaging nearly 13.5 fantasy points per game, seven sacks in 13 games, 32 solos, and a couple of forced fumbles. Expects Williams to be exactly the same in 2021. So he's a DL one, stroke two, uh, and that's where he sits. That's where he seems to be going draft wise. I mean, I've just watched him go off very early actually in a draft that I'm currently in, the defensive invitational. And again, I, I think that's because the Jets are definitely in the in the news quite a bit at this moment in time. And we're, we're I think, what a lot a lot of guys are, are, are really looking into the Jets, and they can see what I can see that Quid and Williams is going to be not only the main guy, it's going to be a lot on him and he's got a real chance to shine. So I think he's, he's still decent value currently um, just because he might not be a sexy pick, but people are definitely uh, switching on to the fact that he is there and he could have a real big season. So where am I now? i lost my notes. Number four. linebacker, Um, CJ Mosley. Now CJ Mosley is an interesting one in the way that he's had no stats for 2020 or 2019. Really, he moved to the Jets in 2019, signed a five-year deal. Um, a lot was expected of him, and he got this uh, groin injury that still nobody really knows what that was all about, and it pretty much took him out for for the whole of that. Well, it did take him out for the, the whole of the 2019 season, and then he opted out in 2020, and now it's it's the time. What we've seen though from T- CJ Mosley in preseason is the leader. You know he's very much the leader of of, of the of the of the line of the linebackers in this and this defense really uh, when it comes to um, uh, all sorts of different different forms of coverage. I really like him in 2021. I think that he's one of these players that is going to be he's going to be a three down guy. Um, I think he's going to be busy around the field and he's, his tackle stats are there to see. So when we're going back in time. When he was in the Ravens, he was, and this is what made him such a big player. when they signed him, they expected such big things. And I don't think, I think everybody needs to remember, try and remember exactly when they forget the last two years, start from scratch. He's, he's still got plenty left in the tank, if obviously this injury isn't a reoccurring re- one, but it doesn't look like it is. So in 2016, he scored 189 points. He was a top 40 player then. 2017 was an absolute massive season 286.5 points he was second he was the second top scorer overall with the ravens and this that's what really catapulted him into into the star linebacker that he kind of become at that point in 2018 191 points he was still top uh, still finished quite high up in the rankings but one of those top linebackers for me he could be the pick of the bunch out of all the people that we're talking about because CJ Mosley could be could be going you know round at number 30 the 30th linebacker off the board or something stupid like that there's a lot of rookies going before him which is I find that incredible people like Jock even maybe not so much and Davis to pretty much know that he's gonna pro- probably eventually take that role, you know, that main mind, mind linebacker role but CJ Mosley is is absolutely nailed on to be on that field a lot. Um, and with all the changes that have happened in the Jets and the way that they are going to, what well, it was likely, where what it looks like they're going to set up, I think he has such a decent floor and he's got a great upside because if he really does go off on one, just on tackle count alone, he could really be up there. He's, he could be in the same, you know, your Dion Jones, your... Kendricks all that side of things the guys that you're going to be taking top end linebacker twos stroke well a few of those are definitely linebacker ones but the back end of the linebacker ones he could easily break into that and you could be picking him up really late so for me he's somebody that you really you really got to have a go at over to DB I'm gonna go Marcus May well again it's not really anybody else to pick from to be honest as it stands at this moment in time hopefully Next year there'll be more more players to really talk about in this in this um, bracket as as the main DB or the main linebacker yeah. in the Jets. But for Marcus May, he finishes the DB thirteen in twenty twenty. He averaged 12, 12.5 fantasy points per game. We expect him to do similar in twenty twenty one. It keeps him in the DB two bracket. Since the departure of Adams, of Jamal Adams, May is May is the person. Points-wise, um, in the secondary, uh, alongside him, you have probably got the rookie Ashton Davis, who's going to be, uh, who I expect to be a bit more prominent this year. But he's he's still a bit, you know, he's still a bit rough around the edges. Lamarcus um, Jam- Joyner has been around the block a bit, and he he knows he's a dec- he's a decent player, but a, he shouldn't eat into anything uh, that Marcus May's going to nail on as his points. Yeah, so. Marcus May's gotta be up there. He's just what he's just one of those players that he's got he's gotta be up there. Um if he is on the board late, definitely take him. Yeah. If just just on an outside pick, just for a bit of fun. I, I haven't really got anybody um that I would class as a nailed-on pick because because there really is at the moment three, only three players that I can see that are that are fantasy relevant defensively that are nailed on. But they picked up a couple of uh, rookies. And with the fact that Jared Davis is now, he's going to miss some time. There is a lot of talk. You've got um, Jamie and Sherwood. Um, and you've got Hamza Nasruddin. Now, which one of these two guys are going to get a more playing time? They're both kind of hybrid sort of DB stroke linebackers. They've both played in both positions and they're, they're decent decent players um that what, what we've seen of them in, in in preseason now either of those could be really worth a an outside punt if you've got to pick up you know especially in like your rookie drafts or if anybody are playing in really really deep leagues that so one of those guys could 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 get a nailed on starting spot and um yeah and, and be be relevant straight from the off. So for me, yeah it's 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 interesting it's interesting 2021 it's going to be for the Jets. What's your views on it Bram?
2: Um, I, I, God help me. I, I do actually feel a little bit sorry for him. No, not so much. I I expect him to be better again. I mean, you know, the Salah factor and all the rest of it. Um, but it was patently obvious. I mean, they, they played quite a rigid sort of two linebacker setup um, last season with, with sort of Williams, but it was one thing that came across last year was, you know, they were really lacking a bit in the edge rushing department and then they go big on sort of Carl Lawson you know 3 years 45 million and then you know he's he's out for the season um so you think oh they they're trying to put all these bits together and then you have something like that happen all right that's the game it you know it happens but you think oh it's not really fair is it you know when you've got the likes of you know Miami you know f- based on last season top defense in the league patriots going to be better again buffalo still not sure how they're going to set up this year so they had a good chance to because their draft was all about the offense it had to be because it had to improve so but having said that you know the Lawson injury and you know a lot we said about Williams you know again he he only played 13 games last season so you're looking at his stats going right okay from a fantasy perspective the Lawson injury um, you know, and they are brought, brought in again, you know, on free agency, the likes of Curry from the Eagles. So they are going to, you know, they have strengthened, you know, they had to do it in free agency and, and through the rookies because again, everything was built around Zach Wilson, protecting him, giving weapons to to play with. Um, so, and they, they've got to be a bit more flexible. I mean, you're looking at last season stats, you know, Neville Hewitt played 1130 snaps last <laughs> season. You know What I mean that's gonna that's gonna hurt come January. <laughs> so,
0: but that's why I mentioned like CJ Mosley, a There's some,
2: definitely he's gonna yeah. be on
0: that field. I don't know. I I can't see him coming off the field. He, yeah. It I think the the Jets is like you know you know I'm kind of excited by him. I love it. I love it. I, I was excited by Miami were in that transitional, real mm. transitional period. It, it just it just excites me because it's so new and it's like you know there are positional there's 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 positions all over the field offensively defensively that you know they're 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 up for grabs somebody's going to take them and i always just i just love that side of things and i love it's like the wide receiver core it it, it, it the jets is hilarious you know i i think that's already been funny to watch that mims has been dropped um you know he's now training with the reserves and then like somebody said oh Corey davis isn't looking particularly good and then last week we just watched you know we just watched Corey davis catch everything from zach wilson and it was like oh, Corey davis is right nailed on but you know what i mean there's no yeah
2: i, I, I just i just took him lovely and late in our, one of our best ball leagues yeah I was like, right, I'm having Corey, no know. Yeah, problem. yeah, yeah.
0: But it's good fun, isn't it? They're like all of that side of things because yeah. somebody... Well, that, that's that's the fun about pre-season. It's though. all crap yeah. as well, isn't it, in the pre-season thing yeah. as well. You know, majority of the first team... Is well, that, not no, even
2: we, we stuff, you know, yeah. But it, it's... I, I, I mean, the only thing I would possibly flag up, and again, we touched on the, the sort of contract thing, but again, is it relevant with regards the Marcus May situation? Mm. Now, he's been negotiating with them and the jets have but i think their front office has been a bit they i think the noise coming out of the may camp is they've tried to lowball him on this new deal now they've offered him if the rumors are true between 8 and 9 sort of million a year whereas you look at you know john johnson's new deal at cleveland and he's picking up you know over 11 so but again is he he's just going to be looking at that cuz at the end of the season he could go sort of free agency yeah um yeah. So, again, you know, you look at May, you had, as you've touched on, you know, he had a a great season, over 200 points last year. So, again, he he could be one of those players that, you know, isn't going to be that fashionable. He's not going to be top of everyone's list. And you go, this guy's going out there with a point to prove in a new defence under a much better coach, much more organised. And you think, yeah, Yeah. he's... Got, You've got to be looking at it. I've got, really.
0: no, got no problems picking up these those three defensive players that I mentioned. I think they mm. they're on my they're on my target list just on va- just on value because again they're not sexy or they're not, you know, but there's no reason that all th- that, that we wouldn't see all three of them. Also, there's there's the fact that you know Robert Salah is gonna need leaders out there, and now these three stand out a mile as the three leaders of this jets defense right and you look at it and go okay so there's a big chance that they are going to see pretty much all the snaps they're going to be they've got the chance to really nail it in they might you know it, they might not the problem is the only issue is there's a one you know a wonder kid one of these rookies comes out of nowhere however it's still and is still pretty unlikely for me i would say that the, the 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 more Um, favourable bet on this is going to be that all three of them actually...
2: Yeah, I I mean, it's one of those where you go, when you've got a team that is in in the midst of a rebuild, like, as you say, you know Miami are starting to get there and watching Tua in pre-season has been great because he's looking more comfortable and blah, blah, blah. We've we've touched on that ad nauseum, or I have anyway. But, you know, Salah coming in, you can't I could be wrong. I mean, maybe you're me wrong. But for me, you've got to focus on one side of the ball or the other. Yeah. Really, you've got to go, right, this season, that has to get better. And for the Jets, it's got to be the offense. Yeah. So I think you're right in so much as he's going to go, right, I've got solid, reliable players there in all three sections of that defense. And we've got to do our best to sort of build around that. And then, you know, if we have to go again in the draft, well... We've already we've spent our twenty one draft sort of building the offense, you know, giving Wilson the off, you know, the protection and the weapons, and you know, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think you're right. Those three players you've highlighted, they, they've got to be the core of this defense this team. because again, like you say, they they're not the most fashionable, sexy players in the draft, and people are, I think, going to be a bit standoffish. They certainly will on the offensive side. Because you don't know how Wilson's going to perform under pressure. You know, you don't know how some of these rookies are going to do on on the offence, off, offensive side of the ball. But you've got those sort of two, three consistent players on the defence that you go, right, that should be good enough and will have to be good enough for this season because we don't have anything else, especially you know, with, with the injury to Lawson. So they've they've got to build the defence this season around it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you were looking at if you're looking at teams that, that I've got nailed on positions in them, I think I think the Jets are right up there with the guarantees there that you you, you know you're gonna be given. And it, again, it's for me, it's on value. It's just gotta be on value. When the thing is is when you when you look at other other comparable players, um, you know, know that you would be putting up to to compete with somebody like a Quinn and Williams or a CGM J Mosley, I guarantee you, or Marcus May, those players that are in the same scoring section where you, where you think they're going to be scoring, guarantee you these three, maybe not so much Quinn and Williams because he is a little bit more special. He's a bit more, um, a bit more of a sexier pick than the other two, but points wise, you're going to be, these are going to be the later round picks in in their comparable players. Say, for example, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, let's pick so let's pick somebody. Let's say um, we're going to cover. We didn't go into somebody. Like Shack Thompson is another great example of of this kind of idea of where you've got you know this non sexy player who who will probably outscore.
2: The I'm more, Sure, his wife would disagree, but yeah
0: but you know what it, but you know what i mean it's, it's yeah, that, yeah, it's, that yeah. it's that side of things where you look at those players and you think um they could really give you such a solid floor if you pick mm. them if you pick these guys up i think you're all right when it's like picking Quinn and Williams against Brian Burns right great kind of comparison between those two burns because of his sack numbers last season and he 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 went off on one he's just go he's starting to go ahead um and I think it's just because it's a little bit cooler, but really I I I think Williams is gonna be right there, right there or thereabouts in that kind of bracket. And do you know what? It's like your Chase Young's. I mean, I love Chase, but is he really gonna score that amount of points to be that far in front of a of somebody like Quinn and Williams or uh, as we said, Brian Burns? Is uh, do you reckon? Or do you reckon look? I I mean,
2: the trouble is, it's, and this is the beauty of doing what we do. It's a case of you look at the comparable defenses, yeah, and you go, well, there's no contest. You know, Washington are streaks ahead, yeah, the Jets. But then you go, but then you look at this division. I mean, if we if we just go back to the AFC East, you know, you've got Miami, who are going to be the top defense again, I think this season, and then you've got, I mean, we we do this with with each division, but that's not what we're here to discuss. It's really, and it's it's fun to talk about it as we always do, but you look at that, I don't think we've covered off too many teams, even with the elite players, the Jamal Adams, the Aaron Donalds, you know, the Jeremy Chin, well, Jeremy Chin, mm, okay, he's got to prove it again this season, but um, you've just covered off the Jets and gone, actually, given what they're, given the rebuild and given where they're at at this precise moment in time, you can go, there is value in the DL, the LB and the DB. Exactly. And I wouldn't, like you say, I would have no problem taking all three of those Yeah. in in any sort of dynasty draft because there isn't much else to pick from. No. Because they are going through that rebuild. Whereas you look at, you know, your Washingtons and your Seattles and you go, you know, those are shit-art defences. You know what's going to happen, and those points are going to end up being spread around, regardless of how many elite players you've
0: got in that. Exactly, and how many teams can you confidently say are that those top, those three players are going to name a DB an LB and a, and a DL, and those top three players will be the top three point scorers for that team, definitely, unless unless there's
2: no in, unless there's an injury. Well, yeah, I. I I honestly, I mean, you might correct me, but in the time we've been doing this pod, I don't think we've covered a team. And it's sad that it happens to be the Jets in my division, but there you go. Yeah. You know, it's got to fall somewhere. I don't think we've done that. No. To be honest, I don't think we've looked at a team with a new defensive-minded coach coming in, going, right, those those one through three players in each section of defence, you go, I actually have no problem taking them. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you're guaranteed in, in, and, and you will pick him up late.
0: You're guaranteed that those yeah. three are going to score a decent amount of points. Okay, they might not be top of the pile in their each individual brackets, but for what you pay for them, they're going to mm. be absolute floor bang. you know, you 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 know what I mean? Unless there's an injury, they're they're on it. They they're, they're going to be there all mm. their bites.
2: I mean, I I think that's that's my only real concern for the Jets because yeah. I thought the Lawson move was great. Yeah, you know, all right, you know, reasonable right. size contract, but,
0: but you compare them to the Pats, know.
2: right? So just look, just after just
0: clarifying that point that we just made on the Jets, right? Of those three players, like go 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 over to the Pats and then pick the three. Oh, players. Do we have
2: to, do we have
0: to. wouldn't it's bad for Honestly. the Pats. I mean, the but well, it's bad for Pats <laughs> from a fantasy point of view, and this is why you wouldn't bother touching them because I don't know who the top point scorer is going to be not really i've got a, you know no. a good outside but there's a big chance that they're going to be wrong and 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 there's a big chance that those the, so that's why i'm saying keep away from the Pats because they're going to be difficult to predict they mm. use too much rotation they haven't got any real star names there anymore um they've got multiples so which one's going to finish with what points or the top you know they're not there for me and it's just like no you know Miami um, is um, a little bit more predictable because because of the line. It, it is
2: because, got. I mean, you, you've you got the Flores side of it. Uh, obviously, you know, he's picked, he's brought that to, to Miami from Belichick. But you've still got, uh, yeah, you've still got Jerome Baker. You've still got Xavier Howard. But you, um, secondary though, the secondary,
0: okay, Xavier Howard. Yeah, great. But I, I wouldn't go all in the fact that he'll be the top sec- point scorer in that secondary next year.
2: No, no, I, I don't. You know, I, I think Jevin Holland will, will, come in and nibble away at it. Um, I think Byron Jones, because of the contract negotiations, yeah. and it's always, it's almost been, Xavier sort of sticking two fingers up at him, going, well, hang on, who's this guy with more money than me? Which when you, well, when you, right. when you, yeah, well, when you're thinking, there's thirty-two
0: teams, and you've got a draft, twenty-four players as, yeah, uh, you know, twenty-four players going off the board in the twelve you know, if you've got two spots in DB or whatever, and you're going to say, well, actually, the guy that I've picked from Miami, I'm actually not sure if he's going to be the top DB scorer in Miami. This
2: this ties in perfectly with what you just done on the Jets. I mean, as a Miami fan and as a fantasy fan, if you gave me, if I had to pick one player out of that Miami defence, well, it's easy. It's Jerome Baker. Yeah. Why? Because he will play... He's that nailed on single LB all day long. He's, he's, you know, he's going to replace Bobby McCain as the captain. He's only 24, but he'll play. Why? Because of the way we set up. We've got multiple front rotation. He plays around with the secondary.
0: Yeah, guaranteed. And there's no, there
2: you go. Yeah, exactly. And you're not, the ceiling that Howard's on, uh, I've already, you know, done it with Miami, but I just don't, I don't see him doing it again. Yeah. I mean, is he, is he a talented athlete? Of course he is. Could he do it again? Yes. Will he? No, I don't think he will. I, I genuinely don't think he will. What I mean, he, he's he's looked decent in pre-season, but you know, like I said, you've brought in that kid, Jevon Holland. And I, I, I really think he's a real, you know, he could be the real deal. Um, Byron Jones, like I said, point to prove. Mm. Um, you've got the other players the in the secondary they are going to,
0: same with, same with the Bills, yeah. in a way. I mean, you've got Tremaine Edmonds there. Um, got Matt Milano, though. can he into his... It, it won't, but, you know, it's still going to be like, you'd, you'd say that Tremaine Edmonds is the one that you'd pick out of there. Maybe Jordan yeah, I,
2: I, I I still like Milano as a gamble, but...
0: Yeah, but I mean, again, when you look at, you know, when you're actually nailed on from a team player, I mean, where you say, OK, so CJ Mosley, if he plays all 16 games, he's going to hmm. be he's going to outscore matt milano pretty much i would say definitely right but again as a third down a three down linebacker no tremaine probably is, tremaine's going to be on there more i would say and it's, yeah. and also depending on you know is is this is this it, the scheme change depending on whether you've got that second linebacker in or whether you haven't got the second linebacker in all these kind of things that's where milano will you know, or, or potentially not be...
2: The, the, the only argument for the Bills would be out of the... Well, we don't know. We can certainly say you can take Miami and New England out of the conversation because you can probably guarantee, unless there's been a, a serious talk in the off-season, the Bills will be a more predictable defence this season. You know, we, we've seen how they like to set up and that was kind of, you know, why I poked a few holes in them earlier.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But... Uh, so from that point of view you can go well yeah you, you kind of know what you're getting a little bit more than you do with the pats or the dolphins um the jets no i think they'll have to be consistent because of what we touched on mm. you know they they're building this season around the offense so but yeah it's 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 going to be an entertaining division no two ways about it yeah um, i like
0: it i think it's going it's going to be it's, it's it's good it's good fun this division this year i think you've got you've mm. got the pats on the comeback You've got the the dolphins in suddenly into a year of now we're gonna to start to try and see something happen now we can't can't go transitional anymore, especially when the jets are the transitional side now of this division, mm-hmm. so now it's like okay, and the bills they're just gonna they're just gonna try and outscore everybody, and that's what they're gonna go with and and <laughs> they might do. They might, they they might do, but their their defense definitely needs to get back on track because they're not quite sure what twenty twenty was um, for the Bills defense. Just dropped, just yeah. Dropped I mean, yeah.
2: possibly as as we said, you know, earlier on, it you know, weird season. Did they? I don't know. Were they just one of those teams that really suffered from?
0: Yeah. I mean, again, the lack of the crowd, the lack of the crowd, maybe, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know,
2: but it was just... But then that, that's kind of worrying, because you go, well, if they're going to put, I mean, and they did put some big, you know, basketball score-type numbers up last season. Yeah. So you think, actually, shit, if they can do that with no crowd... You Know what could they potentially do, you know, with the crowd behind them, <laughs> you know, racking up 50 60 points a game? But, hey, Bills, Maf-
0: but they- Bill's Mafia are, are great and they're the great, they're one of the greatest fans. But you know, again, like you know, again, like any team that's got that kind of core fans that make that kind of noise. You know the issue you get is if it doesn't, if it starts to go a little bit wrong, then they start. You know they start. Yeah. To, it works against you quickly, and that's where I mean. I think Josh, Josh Allen, found it that first year a little bit when, you know, he didn't look quite, he didn't look quite right. I think it was dealing with the moans and the groans potentially when he did overthrow things and stuff like that. But he's obviously found a way to get past that now. But yeah, be interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah got the AFC North to come which we'll be doing next week um, that is obviously an exciting one I think it's got three of the three of my favourite defences are in there so so yeah i um, looking forward to doing that one um, we could yeah, yeah it's going to be fun there's lots of rumours we could be doing it live um, I don't know we'll, we'll, we'll speak to the big man Mr. Barrett mm-hmm. and find out exactly what the plan is and then we'll go from there but um, thanks for tuning in guys and we will see you next week cheers